Welcome back to another episode of That's Business. Today's guest is Catherine McCord. She's the president of Titan Management and Titan ATS. In 2014, with global best hiring practices and true diversity hiring as her driving forces, Catherine, a neurodiverse woman herself, launched Titan Management, a premier national people operations consulting organization focused on spreading inclusive and innovative practices. Now she is focusing even more heavily on promoting inclusion, particularly of the neurodiverse community, as she speaks and teaches across the globe. She spends a great deal of her time speaking and educating about neurodiversity, inclusion, and innovating inclusive hiring. Her two shows, Career Launch Live and Supermania Show, can be found across multiple mediums, including LinkedIn, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Catherine has designed and developed a patent-pending anti-bias applicant tracking system, Titan ATS. Catherine, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited for this. And wow, what a bio you have. Thank you. Thank you. And you did a better job announcing me than I think just about anybody has. And you know what, though? I think I just decided I'm going to shorten it to this bitch does way too much. (laughs) Too much. Just all the extra. Just don't with her. Perfect. I love that. That's that's something we could do. I'd be like, ooh, I'm intrigued. I want to learn more. But I want to learn more about this psychotic person. <laughs> and the funny thing is, there's so many parts of you. I don't even know if we're going to keep it to this might be a long podcast, but that's okay. So breaking down who you are as a person, then of course, I want to get into your ATSN and everything you do because nobody knows what the hell an ATS is apparently. But I want from your perspective, What does a neurodivergent woman mean? Because nobody seems to know what this means. Great. Okay. That's actually a great start. So the term neurodiversity came out in the 90s. It was coined by a sociologist in Australia named Judy Singer. And basically what it means is that there is a diagnosable or medically visible difference in terms of how your brain processes information. So this can be anything from epilepsy, bipolar disorder, ADHD, dyslexia, Tourette's, uh, gender dysphoria is actually, uh, people don't know that, it's actually a visible neurodivergence. Uh, and so and there's different terminology. Some people say neurodivergence, some people say neurodiversity, all the same thing. Uh, very interchangeable. It's like potato, potato kind of thing. Yes. Um, so that's what it is. It's just a difference in how you process information. And people always go, well, aren't we all neurodiverse? And they go, no, no. Everybody thinks differently. But if you look at your brain and then look at my crazy ass brain, there's going to be a very visible difference in how we process information. And that's the key difference. My brain is jacked up. That's the short story. Not really. Brain is jacked up. Brain equals jacked up. But it's true. But in a good way. I mean, actually, neurodiversity actually helps with a lot of things. It does. It helps Mm -hmm. you to innovate. It helps you to be creative. Some people have hyper focus. And it's different for everybody within the community. But there's all these kind of like freaking cool superpowers that come with it. So um, kind of the big message right now is different is not a deficit. Like, just because I'm different than you doesn't mean that I suck. This is true. It should not be that difficult for people to grasp, but it is. What was it like? Because it's so funny because I had never heard the term neuro, either one, neurodiversity, neurodivergent, actually until two years ago. I'm like, this is, this is me. This is, this is, wait, what? And I went down a whole rabbit hole. Because I have ADHD and I'm like, there are other people that think the crazy way I do. So (laughs) I'm so glad you came into my life. But what was your journey like kind of figuring out that you were this, like you were different or you did think different? Oh, no, I've always known that. (laughs) Really? So people, people have asked me that question so many times that 
The truth is, is that I knew from the time I was very small that I didn't think like other children that actually, first of all, I didn't know I was a child. My mother likes for me to clarify that, that I was unaware that I was a child and would reference visiting children as if it was like some foreign group of dignitaries that I was going to see. So I, I always knew I was different and I was always very aware of that. I had a lot of very early masking which is the term when somebody tries to normalize themselves, such a very unhealthy practice, which of course I didn't know as a small child. And my parents didn't know I was doing this probably, but (laughs) I was, I was always masking and, and trying to be more normal. And then as I got older, the neurodiversity that there's two of my neurodiversities that set in as I got older, uh, one being the bipolar one disorder, which is tons of fun. Um, and not at all what people think it is. People think I'm like erratic and my emotions are all over the place. I'm like, no, 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 no. Very, very long highs, very long lows. And then just a baseline that's just perfectly, perfectly quote, quote, normal. And adjusting to that was interesting. And I became obsessed and learned and educated myself and learned myself to an extent that's almost bizarre. Um, I, I actually charted myself and <laughs> and learned how I processed information. That's incredible. It was it was fun, and I and I kind of got into all that. So um, now the term neurodiversity, I learned sometime in like the mid two thousands. But you're right; you didn't really hear about it until a couple of years ago. And and I I've always kind of collected my fellow neurodivergent people. Uh, it's like, like people go, what do you collect? I collect neurodiversity I people. Collect people. Like, I collect humans that think interestingly. And that's kind of been my journey. I, I started off knowing I was a weirdo and I always liked it and I didn't want to be different. I thought there was something wrong with everyone else that they didn't want to be more like that. And so I always just found the other interesting people. That's my journey. That's incredible. And this piece of you that you do, this, of course, like diversity and inclusion piece, where does that come from? Does that stem from you being different yourself? Or I would imagine so. But how did that come into play into where you are today? Honestly, it's all the bullshit I've seen over the years. People think it's because of me. And I'm like, eh, it doesn't really bother me. People are shitty to me because it just kind of rolls off. But it does bother me how I see companies just doing things wrong. Just just wrong. Just It's not even up for debate. It's just, this is wrong. It doesn't even help you business-wise and you're not showing integrity. So you're just sucking. And so I wanted to fix it. And I saw the awful things that candidates were going through. And, and so I just, I was like, no, we've got to fix this. And, and I have this weird quirk where if something is wrong, I have to fix it. It's actually not optional for my brain. It's part of my neurodiversity, my OCD. If it's wrong, it must be fixed. Right. <laughs> like it absolutely, positively must be fixed. There's no question about it. And so that's that's how I got into the work. And I love it. And where did that, what were, because I've told horror stories. We were vibing on our horror stories the other day when we were talking. So but you don't have to go through, of course, everything. But what are some of the horrors you've seen? Because I've done so oh. many LinkedIn posts on it. People don't believe it exists. It's crazy. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I have seen everything from receiving an email that specifically said, do not hire, do not send me black candidates for this <gasps> job. Oh my God. Did I then forward it? This is where it gets worse. It gets worse than that. Oh, I forwarded okay. it to an executive at this very major company and they go, yeah, I see his point, bubble. I'm like, <gasps> oh yeah, that's bad. Woo. Yeah. So Yikes. I've seen that, everything from that to refusing to create basic accommodations, which by the way is the laws of the law. So it is. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you're also breaking the law at the top of being a complete shithead. But, (laughs) but, you know, it's so, so some of the other very specific ones are, in fact, actually this happened to me, refusing to let somebody be off camera during a meeting, even if they have like a seizure activity. Like, dude, I am literally having seizure activity. I need to not be on camera. Like, cut it out. And they're like, no, this is, this is how we do meetings. Just, this is just what you have to do. All the way to somebody saying, saying to women, and this is not a joke. So what's wrong with you that you don't have kids? Oh, yep. I've had that asked me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In an interview. In an interview. Like, what? Like, what? 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 Um, but my all-time, my, my all-time favorite, probably all the complete oh. shit things that I've seen was a guy whose son died. Mm-hmm. And he also had a physical diversity. And he asked for an accommodation and they said, look, we understand that your kid just died, but it's time to get over it. (gasps) Oh, my God. Uh Yeah. And he had a physical and a neurodiversity and he asked for an accommodation that kind of worked with all of that. And it also tied into it just happened to also tie into the grieving process because that had triggered certain things. But they legit said, get over it. Like your child died. (laughs) Right. There's not a like poof. We're done. Like, get over, like, I'm pretty, like, I get over deaths pretty easily. I don't know how you, I don't know how you get over a child's death. I don't, I can't even, like, that's, that's the one that I can't fathom. I'm like, no. <laughs> so that's some of the shit that I've seen. Just a sprinkle of some of the Just a few. Horror. I mean, there's so many. There's like so an many. infinite list. Yeah. But that's mm-hmm. just a few. What are some of these laws? Because I have this conversation with people every single week. Nobody knows what they're entitled to, which is wild to me. And of course, that could be a whole other podcast. But yes, what are some of like the baseline accommodations that people are entitled to by law? <laughs> so basically, the way that the ADA law, the American Disability Act law is structured is that as long as it is reasonable, you're entitled to it. There's not a limitation beyond that. So and and some of the and the lines are actually pretty obvious because people go, oh, well, that's such a gray line. It's really not. It's basically as long as they're not having to spend an exorbitant sum of money, as long as it's not some ridiculous, like, you know, week long effort just to set this one thing up, then you're entitled to it. So in other words, if you want different equipment, you're entitled to it. If you want to have a different meeting style or a different interview style, you're entitled to it. If you want we got subtitles on things. You're entitled to that. Whatever it is, you're entitled to it as long as it's not going to put an undue burden on the employer. So in other words, you couldn't tell somebody, I need you to relocate this job from New York to Texas as my accommodation. Like the, the whole company, like you got to bring the whole branch and put it in Texas for my accommodation. No, that's not reasonable. But basically everything shy of something that over the top is fair play and you are entitled to it. And a part of this too, I know you you just talked about this on LinkedIn and you you have the dark humor jokes just like me, which I love you so much for, but <laughs> you have your own laundry list of accommodations you need. Just Yeah, I do. And it's crazy to me because when you told me the first time, I'm like, can I come give you a hug? Like, are you okay? <laughs> like, I swear. <laughs> but talk to us on like what this journey has been and that's like you understand these accommodations for people and why they're so necessary so if you feel comfortable i w- would love if you told listeners oh yeah i'll tell you all of them i'll tell you i'll tell you some of mine so first of all i love to give people what i call my laundry list of 
physical impairment. So this is just the physical. This is not typing into the neurodiversities, okay? So I have multiple neuro concerns, including a seizure disorder. I have a heart condition that is also what they call electrically based. So my, my electrical system is jacked, basically. Oh. Um, and my heart my heart will just start and stop and put on a little drum solo and stuff like that. It's tons of fun. <laughs> I have... I have MCAS, which basically means that my body just decides that it's randomly allergic to something floating around in the air, a texture I brush up against, whatever. And I will get horrible, itchy hives, inflammation, breathing problems, all kinds of things. It's tons of interestingness. I have IC, which is a bladder condition that's autoimmune, which basically means I pee constantly. Uh, it's my bladder gets very irritated. I have minor arthritis. I had a hysterectomy in my my early 30s because my my reproductive system was jacked up like it was just like <laughs> I wanted to take like Freddy Krueger level revenge like Candyman oh. level revenge on this thing by the time it came out of me I, it was awful so I I had that I have like horrible vision I can't hear for crap uh, <laughs> point to a part of my body and something's wrong with it so. I have my body. I'm a medical anomaly. I've been called this by multiple doctors. Basically, if it's weird or if my body can respond weirdly to something, that's what it does. Also, to a good extent, I have healed from things that people are like, what? How did you heal from that? So I'm very, very weird. So some of the accommodations that come out of that are that I need I need off screen a lot. Um, I, as, as you know, I do a lot of on screen work, too. But there are days when it's just not going to happen or. You just need to know that I'm going to be twitching and have certain things going on with me. And I'm okay with that. I never mind being on screen that way. But sometimes it makes other people uncomfortable. I have to have good hearing equipment. I'm wearing headphones right now because I can't hear anything. <laughs> so I, I, I'm like, I'm 80. I can't hear anything. I need to watch the TV super loud. Uh, but also too loud bothers me because then I have my neurodiversities. Um, I can't do certain types of lighting, stuff like that. Again, the seizure activity. And then I have to do, have a ton of things that I can touch and mess with as grounding exercises when I'm in a high level mania cycle. So yeah, I have just like accommodations and they're all easy and they're all simple. And they're things that I take care of and they don't cause a problem, which is true for the majority of accommodations. Like most people have the app that they need. They just need to be able to put it on their work computer. They have the fidget spinners or the bouncy yoga balls to sit on or whatever it is. So it's not that hard or they're easy things to get. It's not that complicated. No, it's really not. That's funny you say the bouncy yoga ball because I just ordered one because I need one. So And they work. They're so effective. My my number one both fail and epic lesson as a leader centers around a yoga ball because it's, the, the neurodiversity that's hard for me to train is ADHD. I love working with people with ADHD. I get along with people with ADHD, but training them with my neurodiversity is, is like, it's just headbutts, like two rams going at it. And I once stole an ADHD uh, employee from my husband. We were working with a, under like the same umbrella and I stole from his part of the umbrella to mine. And I was failing miserably training this guy. I was failing. And I go to my husband and I go, fine, fine. What do I do with him? Like, I know you know, like you had him productive and he was amazing and I'm just flailing over here. What would I do? My husband smiles at me, stands up, walks into the room, looks at looks at this guy, goes, hey, so-and-so, you know, where's your yoga ball? Go get it. Bring it over here. 
where's your this and that? And kind of walks through. And he looks at me. My husband looks at me when he's done. And he goes, did you ask him what he needed? Oops. Duh. Now, keep in mind, I was in my 20s at this point, right? Like, this is is very young, Catherine. But I was like, duh, ask a person. Duh. But it all like, so whenever I hear a yoga ball, I'm like, ask them what they need. Right. But it's like, well, in corporate, you're just, you're just so given, like everyone is trained the same way. Everyone has to check the boxes, dot the I's, cross the T's for training. And it's just. It doesn't work. No. At all. At all. Just neurodiversity aside, it does not work. People have different learning styles. I have a whole spiel I do about inclusive communication because it's so, it's so simple, but it's so imperative and companies just miss the mark. And now they're doing weird things in the application process that I'm like, huh. Oh, I've heard, I've heard some, yeah. Mm-hmm, where I get screenshots <laughs> from clients and the, I'm like, uh, they can't legally ask you that. No, Please no, do not apply no. to that job. No, some of my favorites are what is your sexuality? And there's no option. There's no option to like not answer it. Like this is required. Uh, what is your disability? Not do you have one? Not the ADA question, but what is it? And then what were some of my others? Oh yeah, what is your age? Yep. Um, what? And then there's like just this whole. Oh, one of the new things is they ask your race multiple times and your ethnicity multiple times and your gender multiple times. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> now we've gotten off into this weird. Like, this isn't even inclusive. This is off-putting, upsetting, and weird. Please stop. Please stop. Exactly. So I want to talk about, too, of course, like, how you came up with this ATS, because obviously, like, that piece of, like, the whole hiring process, and people don't understand, like, you fill out the application, the application goes into the ATS for people like myself and yourself to screen. Yes. Yeah. It's like a CRM, but it's like Salesforce. It's like CRM, but for humans. That's what it is. That's what an ATS is. Right. How did you come up with this idea? So first of all, they have not essentially changed since they were invented in the 90s. They were invented as the answer to things like monster.com, right? That they was like, oh, okay, so now there's all these applicants coming to me. So now I, I need something to do to store them. You know, it's not just people responding to a newspaper ad anymore. And they haven't really updated that much. In fact, it's hysterical. Some of those ones actually from the 90s are still around and they even look the same. And they just, it's like, it'd be like turning on a DOS system, if you remember those. Yep. <laughs> like, and checking that out. So like the original Oregon Trail game or something, that's what it looks like. <laughs> and just, they're just awful and they're completely non-inclusive. Um, there's no neurodiversity consideration. So for people with ADHD, these things can be nightmares. For people with autism, these these things can be nightmares. And I, I want to be clear, so this is not a small population. The neurodiverse population is almost a third of our population. So you need to be catering to these humans, okay? You need to be considering these humans. Um, anxiety disorders do horrible with the traditional ATS and resumes. Resumes are so jacked up and biased and poorly constructed. I don't even want that's a whole other podcast in and of itself. But look up, there's some great research from Harvard on that. So I was, the, the truth, what had happened was, uh, <laughs> I had not slept in a few days. And then I had to get up at 4.30 in the morning. I had to get up at 3.30 in the morning to start heading to the airport. So it was 4.30 in the morning. And I'm going to the airport for a trip. I am exhausted beyond belief. I am tired. I am dehydrated. And in that beautiful state of delirium, <laughs> I came the solution yes. to these problems. And I went, bing, I can fix it. I, I can help. I've got this. And so as soon as I got back from that trip, I kind of started 
like sketching it out. And as soon as I got back from that trip, I started designing the system. And during the design process, I got every diversity I could think of, multiple people to come look at it, play with it, give me thoughts, tell me stories, anything they would do to put their input into what this should end up looking like. And we're still not 100% where we want to be, but we're about 85, 90% where we want to be at this point. And it's designed to be inclusive. It completely removes the possibility for bias because it ghosts everything that could potentially (laughs) probably cause. I mean, there's always something like you don't like this word or something like that, but all potential like racial bias, LBGTQIA, ageism, all of that, that's, it's eliminated. It's designed to help candidates best present themselves because that's another thing, especially with the neurodiverse community. It's like, well, how do I answer this question, right? And the other problem with resumes is they, there's no right way to do them mm-hmm. at all. Like there's just not. And so this actually lets the company say, this is what we want to know. And then that's what you respond to. And it takes, even if you just type it out five to seven minutes, the absolute longest it took anyone was seven minutes. Oh, and it is so completely cool. customized and all of that. And and I was like, see this, this is what we need to do. <laughs> and it's just about inclusion. I mean, it, that's all it is. It's just a way. And I tell people, you know, I designed it to be affordable. I designed it to fit with other ATSs to, so that you could take the proprietary part of what we do and set it on top of your ATS, your HRIS. Because the idea is just to get people doing things right. That's the idea. Like, do it better. <laughs> right. Hire better. Be less shitty and include the neurodiverse people. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, if you have this, if you have the same people in the same room, like you're not going to move forward as a company. I mean, but that's a whole other thing, too. I mean, to your point, like Boston Consulting Group has did a whole phenomenal study on this and talked about how your profits actually go up an average of 19% when you have more diversity and your customer satisfaction goes up, your innovation goes up. It's just the truth. But the, the more diverse you, diversity you have, the more successful you will be. Right. Fact. Facts. No, and it's true because, I mean, I'm a resume writer. People always ask me like, what's the perfect way to do this and how to do this and do that, as you know, but it's just like, it's not. I'm like, you have to play this game. It's stupid, but you have to read through this description. Hey, I'm the first to say, I don't think resumes should be a thing. And I own the resume rescue, but. <laughs> but you know what? You do have to rescue them. And you know what? Thank God for people like you, because I have other friends that do sim- similar, not exactly what you do, but similar type work. And you have to have those humans because it's such a disastrous system. And it's going to take a long time to evolve it. Even if everybody adopts by ATS, that's going to take like a decade or more. So in the meantime, <laughs> we need humans like you to help people better represent themselves. It's a good skill anyway. It is. You know, my friends like to play. How do I like tell my boss, I tell him to go fuck himself in a professional setting. So then I play the the corporate synonym game and they just think it's the funniest thing. Like that's what we do and we drink. It's fine. Um, Really good at it. That's That's my superpower. That's what would go on my resume. But I like that. I could tell you how to tell your boss to fuck off. Yeah. In the nicest way possible. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a great skill, though. It really is. It's an important skill. I like it. I'm just too blunt. I'm just a bullet. And I'll just go. I'm ruining that's everything. Dumb. Yeah. Right. Know, that's stupid. stupid. Stop doing that. And I want to know, that's actually a great segue, too, because I never used to be this way, funny enough. And I don't know if you had this, like, transformation either in corporate, but I used to be the, like, put my head down, don't say your two cents very much. In my early 20s, I just, like, worked my job. I was miserable and 
very much like, oh, well, if I go do really good and I work nights and weekends and I put my heart and soul into it, even though I hate it, like it's going to be fine. And then I get fired and I'm like, fuck it. We're burning it down. We're taking everyone with us. I'm going to help everyone get out of their shitty jobs. Burn room. I love it. Yes. So did you have any type of like transformation there or have you always been this person? Oh, God. You know what's funny? So I started my working career uh, in situations where they kind of just let me do things right. They just realized, oh, this girl's pretty smart. So we're just going to, I was a teenager, by the way. They were like, oh, she seems to do pretty good. We're just going to kind of let her be, you know, like here's the basic guidelines, kind of let her be. What's the first corporate job I had? That was restaurants. Because restaurants, as long as you're efficient, they clean, they really don't care. So the first corporate type job I had, I was an unholy nightmare for those poor people. Like I actually feel bad because (laughs) as a company, it was Citibank, as a company, they did actually very well by their employees. It was phenomenal training. Some of the best I've ever seen. Fantastic benefits. I don't know how they are now, but back then, I mean, I recommended people to them. But I was a nightmare because I was just like, well, I'm not doing it that way because that's ineffective or that's wrong or this is more efficient. So I'm going to do it that way. And they had very set processes. So that just wasn't a thing. And if people got shitty with me because I worked in collections, I would just say, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. And I wouldn't cuss at them or be nasty to them or like they've called them. But I'm just like, yeah, no, not this one. This isn't the one. Uh, and And it just didn't really work out well. So I was kind of very much the bull in the china shop then. And as I've gotten older, what I've learned is to do the same thing, but with a with a lot more decorum. And I've learned the importance of that. So to still be that person because I see value in being that person, but to do it with a little bit, a little bit more empathy and a little bit more education behind it. Less just, oh my God, I'm obviously right. Just fucking do it, you stupid person. <laughs> like Instead of that, <laughs> I say it a lot more respectfully now and a lot more and with a lot more education. That's what I've learned is the key, actually, is the education aspect, telling them the why and that it's a lot easier. Now, occasionally, occasionally, you just have to tell someone that what they're doing is bad or stupid or just stop. You have it. to. Right. You have to. It happens. <laughs> but, you know, but that's it. Yeah, I've I've always kind of been a bull in a china shop since <sighs> birth. Good. I was. Good. I was sassy. From little, like just, I would sit, my mom tells this story. First of all, just so you know, I started practicing recruiting and, and employee relations as a child because my mom was in HR and I would make her play <gasps> interview with me and have meetings with me. And I fired her. I legit <gasps> fired my own mother. <laughs> I was like six years old. I fired you my mother. Ruthless. I was ruthless, but it's cool because she's called the Terminator at her job. So she gets it. She she empathized with where I was coming from. We we were on the same wavelength and uh, forgot where I was going with that. But anyway, so <laughs> I'm sure I'll circle back. So the um, so I've been doing this since I was since I was so young. And so just like that, I really legit forgot where I was going. See, neurodiversity, my brain just stopped. What was I talking about? This is a story of my life. If I didn't have my Adderall I took right before this meeting, I would have been all over Me, the place. I, so. legit, I legit forgot my point, but it's okay. You got to hear the story about my mom and, and how I got That's started okay. into this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> was that my question? I don't even remember what my I question was. I don't know. Someone needs to monitor us. We shouldn't be they left should. alone. <laughs> we should not be like parental supervision needed. <laughs> Please help. Adult supervision needed. Please help. Hey, I like the answer. I was like, this is really good. And you're like, what did you ask me? I'm like, I don't remember. I don't know. 
neurodiversity folks neurodiversity <laughs> you know, it's a great it. example right well the the funny thing is and i don't know and i of course want to talk about your two shows you have but i've learned so background on me i can i've always been a professional my mom like called me a professional bullshitter like i procrastinate procrastinate with the best of them but i would like forrow any paper i got i mean my master's yeah. degree they're telling you like you better not wait till the last week yep. of this paper doing due. Yep. And I waited till the inevitably week I forrowed the paper, got my master's and that's because I'm a professional <laughs> procrastinator, right? But that's right. the funny thing is, is doing this podcast, I get some people they are like, are you going to send me questions? I'm like, well, I don't really like to ask like set questions. I just like to have a conversation <laughs> and it's, it's yeah. stressed out a few guests I've had. So that's now same. I put in the questionnaire, like, do you want questions? But just be aware. It was very inclusive of you, by the way. Well, I don't want to stress people out. I'm like, I'm like, screw it. You tell me to go present to 5,000 people right now. I'd be like, sweet. Who are we talking to? But it stresses <laughs> a lot of people out. So no, you have to be inclusive. And it's like, you know, I, I know I stress my employees out with how I am sometimes. And oh, I definitely do. I definitely stress people out. Yeah. <laughs> I tell people, like, you have to know going into this that, number one, I'm going to threaten to stab you in the eye like 50 times because that's like my go-to when you make me angry. I'm not going to do it. Please know now. I'm literally never going to stab you in the eye because eye things gross me out. Uh, <laughs> that's the reason, just for the clarity. And I was like, but also, you know, also know that I'm neurodiverse too. So here's some of the things you might encounter. Here's some different things. But I've also learned to kind of when it comes to my staff, how to kind of be a little bit more even keel, because I am the living embodiment of grumpy cat on a bad hair day in general. Like I'm so, I'm so just naturally grumpy. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. And, and I actually, I don't mind it. In fact, there's this picture. I'll have to send it to you. It's this cat. It looks like he's had like water dumped on. It's a cartoon. It looks like he's like water dumped on him and then stuck his finger in an electrical socket. And so his hair is just like everywhere. And he looks so angry. And I'm like, that's me on any given day. That is me. But I've learned to be a better human to my employees and to be inclusive of them and their needs and to be thoughtful of them and their needs. And so I tell people, you have no excuse. I'm a born asshole. So if I can get it, what the actual fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, seriously. Like, all I want to do is tell people, shut up and stop being a baby. But I never do that. So I don't think I wouldn't say you're born asshole. I think and this is funny because I used to say that all the time about me. I'm like, I'm an asshole. I'm this and that. It's like, no, you you come at it with a voice of honesty. And that has just been portrayed from society as being an asshole, which you're not. Sometimes it can be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're telling someone to go fuck themselves for no reason. Yes, that would be an asshole. But that'd be rude. It's just there's a, there's a difference between being rude, being an asshole, and just being someone that is presenting you with honest advice. My mom with says us, it best. Yes. Yes. She says, yeah. if you don't want the truth, don't ask me. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that because it's going to happen. You're going to get the truth. It might be if I really like you, I'll put in the effort to candy coat it, but you're still going to get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's still going to be like, okay, well... This but is the so thing many here. people appreciate it. I mean, and how, I mean, we got connected on LinkedIn, how we're talking right now, but a lot of my clients, and I'm sure yours do too, like love and live for the honesty. Like I'm this way with everyone. And they're like, yeah. well, this is it. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. we track the data. We track the data. Why did you want to work with us? And nine times out of 10, it's the honesty. You're honest. 
you didn't like like you were honest with me this is it it's just yeah, like you told me this we... was bad thank you yeah <laughs> or I told you it was good and you're like okay I still want to work with you though so it's great like, yay thank you thank you for the help and you do have to that kind of like circles back to like the a comp- you know, expect people to be inclusive of you but you also have to be inclusive of other people and sometimes those things butt heads right I just had a talk about this earlier too like sometimes it's going to be this doesn't match with this. So then what do you do? We find a fucking compromise. It's not that hard. That's always been a thing. Like it's not really that hard. People really act like this is such complicated stuff or like accommodations are so difficult. And it's not. It's extremely simple. And it's just as simple as going into everything and thinking, okay, this person has a need to. The end. Very simple. It's that easy. Just just this person's going to have a need to. It's not just what I think, what I want, my way or the highway. It's okay. They might have a need. So what's that? And let's talk about that. And it's okay. And it's no big deal. And it's not a big deal if they have neurodiversity. It's not a big deal if they have physical diversity. It's not a big deal if you know they have, I don't know, an alien growing out of their head. I don't know. Like whatever people have going on, if they're LBGTQIA, if, they, if they're over the age of 60. Oh, that's another one. Ageism pisses me off. I'm tired of it. It's stupid. It's hyper prevalent. It is a type of diversity and it is fucking dumb. I literally, it's the best story ever. My grandmother, this was a year and a half ago. She, this is during COVID, a very tight knit family. She was very sad because she couldn't see her great, her great grandkids. So I said, I'm going to teach you Zoom. She's 87 years old. Okay. So she's learned, bless your heart. So she's learned her, she's learned her smartphone. She learned Zoom in a day. She's nailing it, just flying through that, got it down. She's like, I want to learn something else. I said, well, you know what? We're all tired of giving you freaking checks when we want to give you money. So let's talk to you like for Christmas or whatever. So let's uh, let's hook you up on Zelle. She's like, great. So I get her on Zelle. I'm like, okay, so reach out to your four daughters and have them send you money and they'll send it and we'll practice sending it back. She goes, great. So she gets all of her daughters to send her money. She gets a couple hundred dollars and then they go, hey, so, okay, practice sending it back. And she goes, oh, no, I can't learn that. They said it's too complicated. (laughs) My 87-year-old grandmother not only learned two new technologies in a span of a day and a half, but learned to be a freaking con woman. I love it. You get it, girl. Yes. (laughs) Go Mimi. (laughs) They just nailed it. Just nailed life. (laughs) And I'm like, so ageism is, I love Mimi. She's freaking amazing. She got a sharpshooter badge her very first time shooting a handgun at the age of 86. Badass. Maybe we need Mimi on the podcast. You do need Mimi on the podcast. Mimi is amazing. She's super cool. (laughs) But yeah, so it's just, these things are all just nonsense. And it's just about giving yourself better information and teaching yourself the better information. Like I have people all the time, like I'm afraid of bipolar people or I'm afraid of, uh, people with, I don't know, uh, DID, dissociative identity disorder, formerly known as multiple personalities. I'm afraid of this or that. I'm like, why? Spend literally 60 seconds, 60 seconds Googling this and you will see why there's no reason to be afraid. Well, and that's because like people don't take the effort to learn, like for yes. your point. And there's just, it's... It's minimal, <sighs> by the way. It's minimal effort to not be stupid. Just right. super minimal effort. Well, and it's just like and back on the ageism point, it's like, what is the right age? Because in your 20s, you're too young. In your 50s, 60s, you're too old. So I'm like, what's the perfect age? Like 35 to 40? And then it's like, well, no, you've had 20 years of experience. That's too much. And it's just like Goldilocks. I tell people all the time, I like that. It is like Goldilocks. And it's stupid. And I'm like, just hire a person, not their wrapping. It's very simple. Like, look at 
And I tell people all the time, stop picturing the Canada that you want to hire. That actually creates biases and problems in your brain. Stop doing it. Just picture the problem you want solved and then look at a human and go, can this person solve this problem? I've hired every single employee I have based on, I don't want to say like, I hired them on good vibes and nothing else only because I did make sure they knew what they were talking about. But it's just like, why is, why like from a, if you hire an older candidate that's worked globally all over the world, like why would you not that, want that experience? You hire someone that's a second generation American, why would you not want that perspective? You want a kid out of college that's like, I'm just a baby. I don't know anything, but I want to learn and I've. And do you, there's value. There's value to that. Everybody, well, most people, there's a few people I don't think have very much value, but for the most part. We're talking about the good people we like. Good yes. people, yes. Most most humans have value to give and have a lot going on. And you just need to look at who they are as a human to hire them. It's very simple. It's a very simple concept that somehow, and it's all ties back into self-centeredness. That's what I've decided. All of it. All of it. All of it just ties into self-centeredness. Me, 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 me. The problems with inclusion, the problems with our economy, every, everything, everything is me, 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 me. <laughs> Just stop. Stop doing that and think globally. Globally. That's what's exactly. working. Mm-hmm. Hashtag mm-hmm. don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. That's it. Maybe that's what we'll, we'll title this episode. Don't be dumb. Yes. Don't be dumb. It's the information age. You have no excuse. Don't be dumb. No, it's two seconds. Shoot, download TikTok. It's a great community for learning about other people's stuff. I learn more on TikTok than I swear most. But no, it's, I've talked about this in earlier episodes too, and I will continue to talk about it. But it's, and it's just something I always love is people always are nervous about interviews and they always say, I don't know, like, what if they don't like me? What if this? And I want to fit in. I want to cover up my tattoos. I need to do this. And like, okay, but think about this. You spend 40 hours a week plus at a job, right? Why would you want to fake being someone you're not? You're going to be miserable. You're going to be miserable. It's like a relationship. It has to serve you just as much as you're getting served there. Absolutely. And, And I will say this too. You will not work as effectively as you possibly could if you're masking. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. personal experience, it's not a thing. Just, That's a great just, example of masking. Yes. Yeah, for people that don't know, example that is masking. masking. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do not cover up who you are. I guess tattoos aren't necessarily the same thing as masking, right. but, it's the, but it's the same concept. It's don't hide who you are because your brain actually will not function as well that way. It's just true. It's just true. It's just part of how we are as humans. We need to work in a way that's naturally for us and function in a way that's naturally for us. I will say this, though. Being true to yourself and not masking is also not an excuse to be an asshole. Correct. So I've seen people tell me, and this is not a joke, I've actually had someone tell me that I was being uninclusive to them because I wouldn't let them make racist comments. <gasps> oh, excuse me? And I said, well, first of all, I don't think you understand what inclusion means. Um, and second of all, if excluding a racist you know, is, is what I'm doing, then I'm perfectly fine with that. Like, I, don't, I don't want racist humans in my vicinity. So you know what? I'm actually... Okay with that exclusion. But that's not the same thing. It's not. It's not an excuse for asshole behavior. <laughs> Just sort of sort of put that out there. Inclusion and being oneself and being authentically you, as everyone likes to say, it's not an excuse to be a jerk. <laughs> those are the assholes. Those are the assholes. We're yeah, talking those about. are the assholes. You're not one of those. Right. Thank you. I try not to be. I'm grumpy, but I try not to be an asshole. We're all a little grumpy. I was pretty grumpy before getting on here because I don't feel great. But, you know, I'm it's sorry. fine. But I'm sorry. it's not my fault. It's just I'm tired you know, of wearing this heart monitor. Yeah, I, I, I am. I'm sick of it. Imagine. It's annoying. It makes me itch. 
and I don't like it because it's got sticky things. So, oh, oh yeah, your audience can't see me. So I'm wearing a heart monitor right now. That's a part of just talking about this like they can see me. Yes. And I have these little like electrode looking things sitting on me and they're not bad in general. Like it doesn't hurt me or anything like that, but it's just, it's just sticky. And, and with my MCAS, it's like, it makes me itch and I'm like, ah, <laughs> it's just very annoying, but it's okay. Inclusion. Inclusion. That's what I like. See, exactly. It's super easy. <laughs> But I want to talk about, too, your two shows you have, because those were great tangents. Like, those were so good. Such a lot of great information. I could talk to you for hours, but... I know, but that'd be way too long of a podcast, though. We'll build a cult following and people will just be obsessed with us. I'm here for it. I think it could happen. I think it could. It would be genius. Yes, exactly. I think we should. Yeah, that should be a thing. (laughs) It should be. I agree. So what are these two shows you have? Talk to us about them, how you came up with the idea. What do you do? What do you talk about? Yeah. So Career Launch Live is all things people in the workplace. Everything. We cover everything from payday law, which was a great freaking episode because nobody knows what payday law is and how they could take advantage of it, why it needs to be national. All the way over to inclusion. Um, We're going to be talking about the evolution of leadership this week with Christopher Lund, who is an amazing human. We've, I mean, just everything, everything, people, hiring, all that kind of stuff. We talk about it. The other one, and that's Fridays at 10 a.m., uh, Career Launch Live. And it's on LinkedIn and then it rolls over to iHeart, Spotify and all that kind of stuff. And then I have a Supermania show, which is my newest show. It's about neurodiversity and mental health. So if you think you might be neurodiverse, if you are neurodiverse, if you're just weird and you want to hang out with other weird people, then uh, <laughs> just come come hang out with us. Um, If you know neurodiverse people and you want to understand that better, um, check out some of the episodes. We've had some really incredible episodes. We're going to have a few more, but it's Tuesday. It's 9.30 a.m. Eastern and uh, we have a great time. And it's a a really good time. But we do respond live. It's a live show. So you can ask us questions. You can get involved. We'll post your comment up there and talk to you live. So check us out. That's incredible. With all of these amazing things you have going for you right now. Now, What's the future for Titan ATS? What's the future for all these incredible things you're working on? Thank you. So Titan ATS, now that we're actually launched, we're going back to Web Summit, um, which has about 50,000 people. It's in Portugal. We're going to be there in early November. Super Amazing. Stoked. Super stoked about that. And we will be having a lot of fun there. So we're like officially launching it now. Um, now that it's actually really, truly built out. Really excited about that. We're getting our first few customers in in the beta stage now. Um, so if anybody out there wants to try this ATS, hit me up. It's awesome. Tons of fun. And then it's just, so, it's kind of cool to see something different. I got to say, like, as an HR person, I know I built it, so I'm a little biased towards it, but it's kind of cool to see something so different, you know, uh, finally. And I have speaking engagements all the time. <laughs> I need to, like, put a public calendar because people ask me, so I need to put a public calendar. Uh, but then with, with Titan Management, we're doing more on the education front now. So we're coming into organizations and having classes for their hiring managers, having classes for their staff. I'm going to uh, government offices, which is super cool, and teaching them about neurodiversity and stuff like that. So um, if you want to have somebody come yak your ear off about some smart stuff and make you laugh and have a good time and make your people smarter, that's what we're doing. Right. That's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. And my last question, well, two questions we have. My always question I like to ask my guests, what parting words of wisdom do you have for listeners? You can take it any way you want. Don't be stupid. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't know that was coming. Don't be stupid. There's so many opportunities out there for information. Always be learning, for God's sakes. Like, never stop, ever, ever. Learn something new literally every single day. I love that. And where is last bit for you. 
where can we'll put your links in the show notes so anyone listening you can find Catherine. But where can people find you if they want to either demo the ATS, listen to your show? Just just give us the run through. Uh, the easiest way is LinkedIn because that has everything. So just go to LinkedIn, find me, Catherine McCord. I'm the only one with my spelling. Very, I, I'm like one Easy. of like literally like three people on LinkedIn with that spelling in, in the United States. And go to uh, TitanManagementUSA.com. That also has links to basically everything. Other than that, LinkedIn, that's it. Easy to find. I'm on there all the time. Catherine, this was so much fun. A lot of good points of information. Lots of soapbox talking we got on, but it was great. Thank you for having me. Of course. You were spectacular. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, so welcome. questions all on the fly. You know, this is how we like to do it. We're talking about neurodiversity. Right. Let's just do it. Right. And we did it. Just embrace our diversity. We did it and we were awesome. Amazing. <laughs> for those listening, thank you again for tuning in for another episode of That's Business. If you're looking for a career change and you're not sure where to start, the Resume Rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone, but here at the Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.